Not only does September bring the start of official NFL football season, but for fans of Leave Spirits of the Green Bay Packers, September right now, there's a special reason to celebrate. Um, last month, Green Bay Packers legend and Leap Spirits co-founder Leroy Butler has been enshrined into the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, and Dean to commemorate that special occasion yeah. and gear up for a football season. It starts this Sunday, folks. Yes. Leap Spirits has created a Hall of Fame limited edition bottle featuring Leroy. This special bottle comes with the same great recipe distilled from Midwest Corn Incorporating proprietary coconut filtering process that provides the same vibrant fragrance and flavor. Not only, Dane, is it a must-have in any Packer fan's home bar as we gear up for football season. When it's gone, it's going to make a perfect addition to your memorabilia collection. Thanks. I mean, listen, uh, industry experts across from the coast, you know, from New York to L.A. and everywhere in between, um, they they are loving this this product, and it's recently been awarded Wisconsin's Vodka of the Year. Uh, so, folks, to find Leap Vodka and Leap and Lemonade in a retail store or restaurant anywhere in Wisconsin, visit LeapSpirits.com and click on Find Leap Vodka. See show notes for details. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will Hey, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Dane here as always with Wags. Week one, baby. No more uh, fake games. We're talking real deal stuff. It matters. Packers heading to Minnesota on Sunday to play my least favorite professional sports team, the Minnesota Vikings. Wags, how are you feeling on this beautiful Thursday evening? Dane, I feel wonderful. And when you start, you know, not even trying to hide your disdain for the Minnesota Vikings. I know that football season has officially begun. So we're here, and uh, folks, tonight we're going to preview this week one showdown, NFC North battle, Packers heading to Minneapolis to take on the Vikings. And I can hardly wait for kickoff, 3.30 on Sunday. So that's going to be a lot to get in here. We're going to touch on injury report. We're going to get into the offensive and defensive key battles. Um, what we're really looking for in this game and uh, certainly uh, later have our X factor predictions and score predictions. So that's the format. We're sticking to it. And Dane, I say we dive right into it. Let's do it. Wags. Let's do it. I mean, news of the the week, I think, is we've been keeping an eye on David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Wags, how are you feeling right now on Thursday as we record this about one or both of them playing? Whoa, right off the bat. Let's here. do it, man. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I think they'll play. Um, and uh, it looks like uh, both of them have been getting lots of uh, work in in the last few weeks. And, and David has especially ramped up to team drills uh, based on his commentary. He has come right out and said that mm-hmm. he's playing. But um, he definitely seems like he said he should be ready to go. Uh, as long as he doesn't have anything flare up. And um, by all accounts, he has been doing pretty well. They haven't had to hold him back or uh, hold him out of, of 
practices in between uh, days of practice. So um, the ramp up has gone well, and and I think he's going to be ready to go for sure. Elton has had some random days where he's missed. Uh, hasn't had necessarily that like full full ramp up from you know limited to mm-hmm. individual to team drills, but he's been working uh, his way in for longer than David has. If any, if anyone's not ready to go, I would say it's probably actually going to be Elton Jenkins. Um, and it looks like David Bakhtiari is probably going to be ready to go here for week one. But I think both of them might be out there, Dave. And I, I don't know if you have a different read on this. Um, no. Certainly both listed as limited participants in practice uh, so far since they released their first injury report of the season uh, yesterday. Uh, but I, I have a, I said last week, I had a gut feeling both of them are going to play. Um, I'm going to stick to that. I think they've been doing a little gamemanship, uh, but the reality seems to be that we could see, amazingly enough, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins out there for week one, uh, which we spent some time talking about last week, did not seem to be a real possibility heading into training camp. So uh, a very positive development as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, are, will they be extra cautious and hold mm-hmm. them out? I wouldn't be shocked if that happened, but I still really think that they're both going to be out there for week yeah, one. Yeah, and is it, is it fair then? I'm just going to go right into this, man. Is it fair then to, I mean, Bakhtiari hasn't played a lot of football in a long time. Um, you know, so are, are, is it, and Elton Jenkins, frankly, hasn't played in a minute now either. So is it fair that to, to think that the first half, they're dusting some uh, some rust off the old uh, legs there? And, and do you think that it makes sense for them on the road against, uh, you know, a pretty good pass rush from Minnesota Vikings to do it? I'm just going to just chime in right away and say, you play your best guys. They're two of the best guys in football. I think it's time for them to play. But do you, do you, um, do you listen to some of the naysayers saying, like, be cautious with them? Or do you say throw caution to win? You know, they're, they're here. They're two of our prime time offensive linemen. Let them play. If they're ready to go, they're out there, period. Yeah, um, I, I'm not messing around with that. And, you know, if they're not ready to go, they won't play. We know mm-hmm. it's not rocket science. We know how this goes. Is it going to be a complete shock? Like I said, if the Packers medical staff wants to be overly cautious, um, no, it's not going to be a complete shock, but these guys are paid millions of dollars yes. to go out there and play football. And if they're healthy enough to play, and it looks like they are, they're going to be out there and they're going to be out there full goal. There's no half measures here. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the position they play. Like if, now, if they're in a skill position, sometimes you see that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you're starting tackles on the offensive line. They're either going or they're not. And mm-hmm. so I expect to see them out there full go if they're ready to go. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Packers football to be back. A couple other guys that are limited in practice on Thursday. Uh, let's talk about a Robert Tunyon dealing with an ACL injury of his own and, uh, Darnell Savage, um, also limited, but I think in, I'm encouraged Wags, that both of them are limited. I think there's a possibility that uh, both of those guys could potentially go as well. Maybe Tunyon a little bit more limited uh, in in game speed, potentially. But I'm actually pretty encouraged that a lot of our guys are going to be going on Sunday. Yeah, honestly, when you look at the injury report, I'm not sure. Most of them are either full participants or have been limited participants Mm -hmm. both days, um, aside from Mercedes Lewis, who I think was more a veteran rest. Um, I'm not sure exactly why he didn't practice today. but. And then, of course, Alan Lazard. Uh, so I think those are the the yeah. ones to keep an eye on. 
Um, so Alan Lazard, I, it, this is, you know, it's got an ankle, uh, hasn't practiced all week. And um, I think that was a little bit of a surprise. So he must have tweaked something near mm-hmm. the end of uh, practice last week uh, from all accounts. And, and he's been out of practice since Sunday. So, uh, Dane, I, I, I don't know if we're going to get too deep into the weeds on what it would mean for uh, Alan Lazard if he's not able to go or for this Packers offense. Um, certainly, he's going to be an important piece to the puzzle this year. No doubt about it. It's not the same. And not taking anything away from Alan Lazard, it's not the mm-hmm. same as when we were talking about wide receiver one, Devontae Adams. If he had an injury, he was going to miss a game. Uh, it just, it's not going to be that level of impact. But obviously, Allen's a big, big part of what they want to do. Um, probably their best blocking wide receiver. Uh, the good news is, is that, uh, and, and certainly he's going to be a big part of the red zone offense as well. Um, so I think that's where we probably miss him the most, quite mm-hmm. honestly, is when we get into those down and distance situations. Allen, over the last few years, he's really built up a strong rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, when you need to pick up five or six yards or, or those windows are a little bit tighter uh, down in the red zone as well, uh, th- those are the situations where if Allen's not able to go, there could be a few potential breakdowns here and there offensively. But listen, we've got other guys that are going to have to go out there and make plays. So I'm not going to get keyed up about it if Allen's not ready uh, because he might be wide receiver one on paper, but mm-hmm. um, he's not, you know, wide receiver one in terms of impact uh, that we've traditionally seen from that position. Wags and and that's that's something that you know I'm excited to watch out of this Packers offense. I think it's week to week who's the guy this week uh, to a certain extent, but we've seen it with with Devonte Adams. Uh, every time he was out, Rogers just peppered the ball all over the field, and guys would make plays more often than not. So I'm actually really excited to see what this Packer offense looks like. I think it's going to look a little bit different than it has in the last couple of years. And maybe, you know, at times we're going to go, damn, I wish we had Devontae Adams. Who wouldn't? But in other times, I, I'm curious over the uh, holistically over the entire season, I'll be very fascinated to watch how this offense works and how Aaron Rodgers operates without having that premium number one receiver, at least to start the season. Yeah, and I think that is almost a perfect segue into offensive keys. But one more guy I want to talk about, not someone that we're expected to be questionable in any way, but Mason Crosby. Um, Looks like he's going to go for week one, but uh, hasn't had a lot of work here in the preseason. New holder, new snapper. We touched on it a little bit in our last episode. But, Dane, is there any concern with his health? Um, Is he going to be doing the kickoffs? Uh, you know, these are some of the things I'm wondering about um, as we head into week one. How much of a load does Mason Crosby carry uh, with his traditional responsibilities uh, versus what he's able to take on? And I realize you're sitting there thinking, well, you kick off the ball. I mean, Tad O'Donnell can probably handle that if they need him to. Um, yeah, I get that. And maybe he's going to be the regular kicker. I don't know. Right. Uh, for kickoffs, I mean, not for field goals, but um, what what is your concern level with with Mason Crosby's health, and maybe more so just his how in sync he may be with the other specialists without all that uh, work that he would have usually gotten in this preseason? Yeah, I think good questions. I think that health 
not too concerned. Um, it sounds like he's he's made some major strides over the last 10 days or, or so. So, you know, the Packers are able to bring back Ahmed onto uh, the practice squad, who I thought kicked really, really well in the limited time he's been in Green Bay. Um, it could be a spoiler pretty quick if he's called up uh, uh, for the Packers week one to be one of the, the calls from the practice squad. Um, but I don't anticipate that being the case. And I think that, um, you know, I'm not worried about Mason's health. That being said, timing. Timing, timing, timing. We have seen mishaps on special teams over the last few seasons. I do not need to tell anybody who's listened to this podcast that. Um, but we have a new long snapper in Jack Coco, and we have a new punter and holder in Pat O'Donnell. Timing is key. So the first live reps these three guys are going to get together is going to be in a very, very, very loud Minneapolis stadium with a bunch of guys in purple. Uh, you know, So not necessarily the coziest place to be, um, you know, doing that when the, the rounds are live. But that being said, Wags, they're professionals. I'm certain they've been practicing uh, a ton and working on their timing here. Um, you know, I, I just, I think that I'm mildly concerned, um, particularly, you know, if the Packers uh, special teams over the last couple of years hadn't been a, as dismal as they've been, I'd say, ah, oh, we're going to figure it out. It's going to be okay. But, you know, I'm looking back at the last few years and how bad it's been that now I'm starting to get nervous about things that maybe a few years ago I wouldn't have been nervous about. So all of that in mind, I am not going to put my anxieties on the guys that weren't here in previous years. So I'm going to expect um, solid play out of Jack and out of Pat, out of Pat on, on uh, snap and hold and out of Mason Crosby uh, until I am shown otherwise. So I'm going to go in very optimistic, but with a, uh, reservation that I can change that opinion at any time during the season if I don't like what I see. Yep, absolutely. So that's good stuff, and we'll have to see. And I'm we'll just see. hoping that if Mason gets field goal opportunities, it's a clean performance, and we don't have to have any questions coming out of that first one. Yeah. Um, so, Dane, then let's talk about this offense. So Packers offense keys against this new-look Vikings defense. They've got a lot of the same guys that they're bringing back. They have some new faces as well, uh, both on the field and in the coaching staff. Um, a lot of familiarity uh, uh, on both the field and on the coaching staff. Um, so this defense is going to be uh, coached up by defensive coordinator Ed Donatel, of course, uh, former Packer defensive coordinator from back in the early aughts and mm -hmm. um, special assistant head coach Mike Patton is on the staff as well. So um, transitioning the Vikings from a 4-3 to a 3-4 defense, uh, of course, they bring in Zedario Smith. Uh, they've got a holdover in Danil Hunter mm -hmm. uh, at the outside linebacker position, revamped a little bit uh, of their defensive line, and um, uh, have a, a couple of guys back um, that uh, in the secondary group as well. Um, but this is going to be, a big first test for this Vikings defense. And quite honestly, interested to see what this Packer offense does to do establish a tone as well. We've got perhaps two healthy tackles coming in uh, that we just touched on, uh, but um, a, a different receiving core for the most part. Um, some young guys coming along and uh, it could be a heavy dose of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So, Dane, what are some of the keys that you're looking at um, right off the bat when you're looking at this Packers offense uh, versus this revamped Vikings defense and their 
Yeah, I mean, I think that right away the Packers are going to do a couple things. One of them is um, transitioning to a brand new defense is not easy. As Packer fans who have seen the transition before, uh, normally it's not like flipping a light switch on. Um, Aaron Rodgers is very smart. And he, I think, early on is going to try to take advantage of miscommunications in this Minnesota Vikings defense. Um, I think that that's something that we're going to see. And maybe it's something that the, the average person doesn't even notice. But at the line of scrimmage, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be keying in on guys. I also, um, you know, he's going to be watching, seeing who's out of place. There's some young DBs. Uh, in this Minnesota Vikings secondary as well. Our old friend Shannon Sullivan's out there, but there's a number of other young guys uh, when you take a look, uh, particularly uh, a first-round pick um, in um, in, uh, in uh, Lewis Sine and then Andrew Booth, the second-round pick at cornerback. Wags, I got to think he's going to be picking on some of these young guys uh, and see if they can you know, compete at the NFL level early on. Um, and then... Wags, it's about out physicaling a physical defense. Um, this offensive line, uh, you know, all eyes instantly are going to be on Bach and Alan Jenkins, but it's going to be the other guys too across the board. It's going to be Myers and I imagine John Runyon and, and Royce Newman. Can they get it done up front? Can they move the ball? It's going to be loud as hell. It always is. That horn, that super annoying horn is going to be blaring. But if the Packers can run the ball early and out physical this Minnesota Vikings front seven, um, it's going to open everything up offensively for the Green Bay Packers. And then we're going to see what they can do with this new, young, revamped wide receiver court. But it starts up front, always does, but particularly week one, set the tone early, be physical up front, beat the guy in front of you, and let A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, probably your two best offensive weapons outside of Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, get to work and, and, and put a whooping on this Minnesota defense. Yeah, um, I think it starts for me. I have two of the guys that I, I think Packers are going to be keying on are those outside linebackers. It's mm. Zadarius Smith, who obviously Packers very familiar with, and then Daniel Hunter, who I, they've had a lot of uh, opportunities to face over the years as well. Um, and how, how are those guys uh, able to maintain gap discipline while still getting upfield pressure? I Good think point. that's going to be a tough task for them. They've got a lot of talent. Uh, but are they going to get uh, impatient and try to force the issue at time? And, and I think it's going to be an interesting game of chess uh, at the Packers. They know those guys very, 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 very well. And can they bait them into some, you know, um, uh, motion, um, some counter movement? And so I think it's really going to be incumbent on the Packers to get them off balance a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some rollouts early on, um, get uh, DeGuara, get uh, uh, Tunyon involved, maybe some short catchers in the flat, try to stretch out the field against this Vikings defense, have their head on a swivel, and all of a sudden they're not able to necessarily just put their head down and get up field. Um Communication will be interesting. Dane, you said they've got some young guys in the secondary. Mm -hmm. They've got some veterans, too. Obviously, Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, been around a long, long time. Um, you know, there's not really a lot of tricks you can pull on, on guys like that. Um, Eric Kendricks, up the middle, mm -hmm. uh, veteran, very talented inside linebacker. So I think the Vikings have some pieces, but how are they communicating with some of those younger guys around them? We've seen over the last few seasons with the Packers, they've made some progress with their defense, 
but they're only as strong as their weakest link. And I think the I think we have some mismatches here that we'll be able to exploit, namely on that defensive line. Uh, I think they're a little bit thin up front. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mentioned Hunter and Zedaria Smith, two really, really talented uh, bookends on the outside. But their defensive line, I'm not so sure. You know, they, they've got some big bodies up the middle, but talent-wise and depth-wise, um, you just you have to like the Packers' advantages there. So if they can um, can really start to force those outside linebackers to have to be uh, moving around a little bit more and uh, and maintaining that gap discipline, that half a step can cost them the opportunity then in passing situations or in play action situations uh, to really be able to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. So uh, it's it's going to be an interesting game of cat and mouse. And I think if they're able to maintain, um, you know, control over Hunter and Smith, especially mm-hmm. early on, uh, then you're going to see them, especially Zedarius, start to take more chances. And I think yeah. the Packers can exploit that over the course of the game. Do you think, and and speaking of that, I'm going to go to the emotional side of the game. Smith has been talking a lot this week leading into this game. Um, I've seen him, for all the great that he did in Green Bay um, when he was on the field, um, he was prone at times to play a little bit of hero ball. And um, I would not be surprised if early on, Wags, to your point, the Packers early go, you know what, we're going to go right at him. And we're going to see what he's doing right now. Mind you, uh, as good as Hunter and Zadaria Smith have been, they're both coming off major injuries. So, you know, um, it, it's not like, you know, we talked about Bach and, and Elton Jenkins, but their guys are, are coming off some serious stuff as well. So I'm curious to see how they're holding up, especially if the Packers get up early and start running the football. That's going to just completely marginalize what they're trying to do. And, and as good as Kendricks has been, in the inside over the course of his career. I thought he had a bit of a down year last year. Um, Coupling that with a brand new um, defensive scheme, um, you know, there's a lot of talk out there from national media about the Minnesota Vikings being a, a, you know, a dark horse candidate, being a really good football team. Maybe, maybe not, but, you know, they've got to show it now and they're learning on the fly. And I think that the Packers are settling in Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers have a ton of success in this league and in the NFC North over the course of their careers together. And I think that going into week one, I think the Packers are coming with swagger. I think they got a lot of confidence and I think they're going to have a better game plan, quite frankly, than the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator. Yeah. And one of the things that going over to the Packers side, this might yeah. be stated in the obvious, but this to me is an Aaron Jones game right out of Spot the game. On. So uh-huh. I, I talked a little bit about, you know, trying to utilize the flat and get some out routes and really stretch out this Vikings defense. Um, what that sets up then is who in the heck is going to cover Aaron Jones sure. as a receiver outside of the backfield. And forget about him running the ball. He's going to have, I think, a productive day on the ground as well. But I, I, you're, now you're asking Eric Kendricks to really try to keep up to Aaron Jones. And if he's in motion and, you know, he's sliding out of the backfield and, oh, by the way, they still got A.J. Dillon uh, sitting back there to hand the ball off to. It's just those split seconds can really slow things down um, and open up some big gaps and some holes. And and I think Aaron Jones is going to be there all day for Aaron Rodgers to dump the ball off to uh, if he doesn't see uh, his first option 
break open downfield. And so I, I expect Aaron Jones, I think he's going to get at least six, seven receptions right away in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's going to be a big part of what the Packers want to do offensively through the air uh, right away here in week one um, and could have an opportunity, I think. You know, all it takes is, is to get past that first level and, you know, he could be off to the races as well. So I, I really think that Aaron Jones is going to be a heavy part of this game plan uh, along with those tight ends early on. And then we're going to get a big dose of uh, A.J. Dillon pounding the rock as well. So, um, you know, I think the Packers are going to be able to throw the ball. This might be more of an efficiency game from Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I'm not going to hold anything back from him. But, Dane, I, I'm not going to predict Aaron's going to go out there. And this, I don't think this is going to be a 350-yard passing game week one from Aaron Rodgers. I, I expect more like, you know, um, 19 for 25 for 230 yards and a couple touchdowns. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of damage done um, on the ground and, and in the short yardage passing game this week against this Vikings defense. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I totally agree with you on that. And I think that this is going to be a bit of the new look Packers offense. I'm not sure if Aaron's going to be Mr. 300 plus consistently anymore, not because he can't, but because we're changing it. Times are changing. I think that the Packers are going to be controlling the clock, playing strong defense, but trust me, Rogers is going to strike. And that's that's the other piece of this is I Rogers will take advantage and he will strike against opposing defenses. So, Dane, really quickly before we move over um, and uh, move on from Packer offensive keys, what do you expect from the rookie wide receivers, uh, specifically Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson here in week one? Any any particular impact you think we're going to see from them? I I think we're going to see both of them on the field. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have a prediction for how many um, reps you think they're going to have out there without giving away if mm-hmm. if potentially the, these guys could be uh, named in an X factor here later in this episode. What are your expectations for those guys this week? I think they're going to contribute right away. Um, Lazard, I think, is less likely to play. So I, I'm just going to go out and think it's, you know, Sammy Watkins. It's going to be Cobb. And then we're going to see Dobbs and, and Watson out there. But I think they're going to they're going to mix in. I think they're going to play early. I think they're going to play often. Um, I, I really do. And uh, I, all that being said, I'm not saying that they're going out there, you know, dominating um, looks because I think Roger's going to be, you know, putting that ball all over. And you mentioned Aaron Jones early and often, AJ Dillon, maybe even early and often he's shown um, an ability to catch the ball as well. But um, back to your original question, I think that we're going to see both of those guys getting the ball. Um, they're not on the roster to, to sit on the sidelines. We talked about the offensive line. I mean, there's a prime opportunity week one. We've seen in the NFL historically, especially the last few years, rookies can make an impact at wide receiver unlike ever before. Um, so why not get these guys out there and see what they can do? Dobbs had a hell of a uh, of a training camp. Christian Watson working his way back from injury, but I think they're both going to work their way out there. I think they're going to get a ton of reps. I really do. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance the Packers also give some five wide looks? I, yeah, I, I, think I That might surprise some people, mm-hmm. but I think when you're thinking about trying to, sp- again, spread out this Vikings defense, um, could we see uh, Josiah DeGuara get split out? Aaron Jones might get put in motion, split out wide. Um, I think we're going to see, obviously, um, Cobb and Sammy Watkins out there, but uh, Dobbs or Christian Watson could be out there. And that could be where, you know, you send one of those young guys on a go route. They know how to get down the field and 
perhaps that's an opportunity uh, for Rodgers to strike and connect as well. So totally. um, they're going to probably see multiple tight ends out there and Aaron, and Aaron Jones in motion. I, that's what's going to be really fun to watch with this offense this year. I think LaFleur is treating this like a, like a, a mad science experiment and a big challenge. And I think he's going to just throw out all the stops this year offensively. Yeah, and it's been the defense that have been getting all the press clippings in camp. But I think this still has, especially with a healthy uh, and all of our horses on the offensive line, this has the makings to still for sure be a top 10 offense in this yes. league. And I wouldn't be um, surprised if they're really knocking on the door in the top five by the time it's all said and done. Um, all right, so, Dane, I think we should transition over to the defense. But before we do that, we should hear from a couple more of our sponsors. Love it. Uh, starting with DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And uh, folks, first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook Woo. is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Wags, as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by uh, 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So folks, listen, I mean, download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TP. P-N. Again, that's T-P-P-N to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code T-P-P-N only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so Dane, we've got one more sponsor to talk about. I'm excited for this one. Yes, um, brand new to our family. So welcome aboard Raycon, right, Wags? Yeah, absolutely. So um, customers and our listeners can save 15% off on Raycon headphones using our promo code TPPN. So go to buyraycon.com and enter that promo code TPPN. And you can take advantage of new earbuds, new headphones, um, really great selection from Raycon. So uh, really make sure to check out this new offer. Uh, Dane, I, I, tell us about what you have been listening to recently yeah. um, and uh, what you're looking forward to uh, listening on with your, your new Raycon devices. Well, I mean, other than us, Lombardi's Legends podcast, I've been listening a lot of music, but also I'm big into Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, phenomenal, funny podcast for, um, you know, uh, those days where you need a break from from some of the other stuff going on. But it's been great. And you know why I like it? These earbuds, man, the Recon earbuds are so strong. Um, they they sound incredibly clear. I don't know what they're doing with this technology right now, um, but with these optimized gel tips, uh, they fit in my ear. I don't know about you, man, but like sometimes my earbuds fall out. So be able to stick those in my ear. They also play forever. They've got a 32-hour battery life, legs, eight hours of play time. I mean, it's just pretty, it's wild with what they're doing. The price is good. It's half the price uh, of the other uh, audio brands out there. So it's no wonder. They've got 50 
thousand five star reviews. Raycon is just knocking this thing out of the park. Yeah, for sure. It got loaded with features. I think my favorite is awareness mode because Dane, I'm usually <laughs> unaware as I'm listening to a podcast or headphone. So it's good that I'm not completely oblivious, especially when I'm out walking the dog to the world around me. Uh, that'll kind of keep my health in shack and uh, hopefully people don't feel like I'm some jerk as I'm walking down the street, just oblivious to what's going on around yeah. me. So uh, they help me to be a better citizen too. So <laughs> an important feature here that I just wanted to call out. But anyway, so go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off your first Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN, score 15% off buyraycon.com slash tppn all right so folks um let's transition over then to the packers defense against this vikings offense um and there's a lot of familiar names here uh on the vikings offense certainly kirk cousins um we've got uh, uh jefferson we've got um We've got uh, we've, Adam good. Thielen. We've got yeah. we go all the way down the line. Um, Del, uh, Delvin Cook. Um, I'm not in midseason form here, Dane, as I'm spitting out hated Viking players. I but, hate them all, man. Irv but, Smith. But in, and, it, but yeah. in any event, um, when you look at uh, this uh, matchup, what are what's the first key that stands out to you in order for the Packers defense to be able to perform to expectations on Sunday? Delvin Cook, um, he's been a thorn in the Packers side at times. He's exceedingly dangerous. He's somebody that at any point in the game, he can take it 90, 100 yards, right? We've seen him do that. He has kept the Vikings in games against the Packers in previous years. Just when you think the Packers have it, Delvin Cook takes off, right? So uh, he's a phenomenal running back. He's elite. Um this is going to be a huge fit. And this is what makes the Minnesota Vikings wags such a dangerous team, I think, offensively. And why they're a trendy pick right now is they've got a quarterback that can do enough. They've got a phenomenal wide receiver, one of the best in the league. Um, I'm guessing by the end of this year might be the best in the league. Um, he's that good. And then Delvin Cook, who over the course of his career um, has had some injury issues, but who cares? When he's on the field, he's just he's just lightning. So, um, you know, I think that the Packers are going to have to pick their poison at times, but they're going to have to play sound defense, control the line of scrimmage, and wrap up, wrap up, wrap up on Delvin Cook. Easier said than done. Um, so this is a huge test right away, Wags, for for Kwai Walker. Young man, first-round pick. He's going to get extensive playing time, I think, alongside Devondre Campbell. I'm so excited to see what Kwai can do. I thought he looked fast and aggressive all throughout camp all throughout the preseason. Now it's time to put up or shut up against the best in the league week one. Welcome to the NFL, young man. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a, a really good matchup for him. And that's been one of the areas that Devin Cook has exploited, quite honestly, yes. is that second level uh, of Packers. And uh, in this 3-4 defense, if he's able to find an opening, and he just has that downhill speed, and he could just be off to the races. Even we've even seen guys take take what should be the right angle, and they're just a half step too late. Yes. And you know, and and then Delvin's gone for a big gain, or or all the way to the end zone. So um, I completely agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see um, what that sideline to sideline speed that uh, Kawhi Walker has been advertised to have alongside Devondre Campbell 
bears out on Sunday. But my biggest key, Dane, is I'm going to go to the Packers side. And mm-hmm. it's again, it's the big guys up front. And it, it may be a cliche, but um, Vikings have invested heavily into their offensive line and the draft over the last four or five seasons. In fact, um, all five of their starting offensive linemen were drafted in the second round or higher uh, mm-hmm. over the last five seasons. Um, one of the matchups that's really been highlighted the last couple of years has been Kenny Clark against Garrett Bradbury, a Viking center. And I remember two years ago when Bradbury was a rookie, you highlighted that in their first matchup. And Kenny Clark just dominated the first round yes. rookie center. And I've got to tell you, um, Bradbury hasn't necessarily gotten the upper hand in the matchup since then. And so I think that's going to continue to be a matchup. But now it's really getting spread across this defensive line. Um, you know, we've got uh, Jaron Reed. We've got Ken, uh, addition to Kenny Clark and, and certainly Dean Lowry. Uh, TJ Slayton has made a jump. Um, and then we've got Preston Smith and, of course, Rashawn Gary on the edge. Um, Coach Barry, defensive coordinator for the Packers this week, uh, talked about in his press conferences, can the Packers drop seven? So I think they're going to go with a light box against this Vikings offense, dare them to run, see if Dalvin Cook can find those creases against the speed that we have established at second level. And the if the defensive line is able to control the line of scrimmage up front uh, against this talented but young offensive line for the Vikings, that's going to make things really difficult for Kirk Cousins then in the passing game. Because then not only does he have uh, a lot of things to deal with, with, with the guys that are coming after him up front, he's got to throw into traffic. There's not lanes to throw. Um, there's seven guys dropping back and there's not a lot of, uh, spaces to throw the football. And so that's what you want, uh, for the Packers defensively is can they get away with just bringing those guys up front without having to supplement pressure on Kirk Cousins, um, or without having to bring up extra help. Uh, to be able to help against the run against Delvin Cook. Um, so light box, I expect you're right. Uh, I think Quay Walker is going to be out there quite a bit, yeah. um, but they might have a, a lot of nickel looks as well um, and really try to uh, play the paths because that's where the Vikings can really be dangerous uh, with their, their talented uh, wide receivers and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Yeah, I, I I mean, if Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears, then Kenny Clark at least has like majority ownership of Bradbury at this point. <laughs> he has just crushed him over the course of his career. Um, something I'm really circling, we know what Preston and Rashawn Gary can do. What are the other guys going to do? What's Tipa and, and, and Garvey and and uh, and JJ and, and Igbare? Right? Um, it's the it's that next level because as good as those uh, for, uh, initial two guys are, they're not going to be able to play fifty snaps, right? So you're going to have to rotate them in. Can the Green Bay Packers continue to get pressure when Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith are not on the field? And that's going to be very important, especially on on um, um, you know. Um, second and medium situations, some of those situations, are those guys going to be able to hold up? Um, because it, that's a key right now to this defense is being able to get to the quarterback. Is Kirk Cousins um, not the greatest quarterback? Uh, I'll be the first to say that, but 
if you give him time, he's going to deliver more often than not, right? So the Packers are going to need to be able to get to that quarterback, um, even if they're not manufacturing, bringing blitzers, right? Um, you're going to have to get those guys off the edge. So that's a huge key to me. I think the coming out party of Rashawn Gary begins now. He's going to have a monster year. He really is. I believe that. Um, but, you know, he's going to need help from some of the other guys getting to the quarterback. Uh, so this is a real big opportunity right now for these other young guys to go get after that QB. Yeah. Kirk, you know, just like any other quarterback is, is very much a rhythm guy, but mm-hmm. um, he really likes to, to use the sidelines and the deep middle. And so it's going to be incumbent on guys like Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage to make sure that they're communicating with their young cornerbacks uh, and uh, that you're not letting someone get a free release up the sideline because that can put a lot of pressure uh, downfield. Uh, and the Vikings like to do that offensively. I get that, you know, they've got a new uh, coaching staff in O'Donnell that's going to be taking over offensively. Uh, but I still think they're going to see a lot of the same concepts with the players that they have. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, they like to take the shots down the sidelines. And so I think that's going to be really important that they don't lose track of those guys as they get those releases and that whatever look they're in, if they're in too high, um, they need to roll back. So it's not important this week that Darnell Savage comes up and gets eight to 10 tackles uh, to support the running game. Quite honestly, I, 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 although I completely agree with you in respect to, you can't let Dalvin cook just gouge us um, mm. for 150 yards. That That's not going to work. But um, if he gets, you know, 20 carries for 97 yards. I'll live with that as long as that means that uh, we're able to force the Vikings into some tougher situations, passing the football. Um, And, and if they're not able to use, utilize the whole field, as they really like to use the sidelines a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's where Kirk, when he's in a rhythm can be really dangerous as well. Wags, everybody talks about Justin Jefferson and rightfully so, but Dude's got to go against Jair Alexander. <laughs> and that's going to be must see TV are those two, two premium guys, young guys in the league at their positions going head to head. I think Jair is going to play a lot on uh, Jefferson on Sunday, and it's going to be a ton of fun to watch those two just get after it. Yeah. Um, and don't sleep on KJ Osborne, uh, mm-hmm. Penn Vikings number I agree. receiver, a talented young player. And so I think they're going to try to, he's, he's the guy that, I get a little bit nervous about and keep me awake at night as we're heading into Sunday uh, where he finds a crease and he's creeping up the sideline and all of a sudden we don't have that safety help rolling over on time Mm -hmm. and he's off to the races. So, um, you know, this Vikings offense has a lot of weapons. Um, You know, they're not going to hurt you as much at the tight end position. Uh, Irv Smith's been in the league and, you know, he can catch some, some balls up the middle, but I don't think you need to be too concerned about him in terms of the game plan. Um, in the red zone, he might, he might make himself available, but, uh, not, not a significantly dangerous weapon. So, um, so getting depth at the linebacker position. Um, so uh, we, we really want to make sure that both, both Walker and, um, Devondre Campbell are maintaining depth, keeping those guys in front of them and um, that uh, our safeties are able to rotate over the top um, because I think we're going to be physical um, yeah. with uh, between both Stokes and Jair. They're going to try to be physical and jam those guys up as much as they can at the line of scrimmage. 
Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, anything else? Any other keys that you see, Wags, before we head into our uh, our uh, uh, X factors of the game? So how much of a splash can Rashawn Gary make here right away week one? Dane, like, I, I, I'm just curious. Can he get two sacks? Yeah. Four sacks? Is this yeah. a five sack five sack game right away in week one? Vonnie <laughs> Holiday five? I don't know, but but I think he can get a couple. He's I mean he's that good. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's just coming into his own too. We're scratching the surface still. He he was I thought phenomenal last year, and I think he's got room to get better still. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what combination they use up front in passing situations. Um that might be an opportunity to shift some other guys inside uh you know maybe it gives um you know dean lowry and jaron reed that's an opportunity for them to take a playoff in some of those situations so it's they've got depth on this defensive line so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how they're able to utilize tj slayton he's got he's got wiggle um so i think he can be involved in some of those past situations as well so it's and Devontae wyatt um the young man i don't think he's going to get a ton of reps here week one, but um, I'm sure he'll get a couple of looks out there as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's wild. Think about this, Wags. We're talking about the Packers defensive line, and it took us 44 minutes to talk about a first round pick on the defensive line because they're that deep on the D line. I mean, it just says a lot, I think, about where this depth is right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, just thinking about schematically, uh, certainly O'Donnell comes from the Rams, and there's been a lot of talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, is he going to be able to do for Justin Jefferson what the Rams were able to do for Cooper Cup last year? Uh, what do you think the Vikings are going to be trying to do? If you look at this Packer defense, where's the weakness? What are they going to be trying to exploit in order to get the ball in their these playmakers' hands and tilt the um, opportunities in their favor? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I, I mean, Darnell Savage is is probably the the guy to circle. Um, he's been banged up a lot of camp, so um, you know, can they exploit a guy who really hasn't played much recently? And if he doesn't go, then look out, right? Because that's where they'll really go is if they can look at the safety position if Savage isn't able to go. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they they key up on whoever Savage is covering. He had, I thought, a bit of an up-and-down season last year uh, without the injury, now coming back from an injury. He's probably that guy at this point that they're looking at. Um, you know, they're, I expect them to continue to pound the rock. They're at home. No matter what, they'll commit to the run. Um, but when they go in the air, um, maybe that tight, tight end position that it seems like Savage has tried to cover at times in the past, but also over the top. And, and honestly, they're going to feed Jefferson. So I think that Jair um, isn't used to always, you know, getting balls thrown his way. There's no way that they're just not throwing to Justin Jefferson. So, um, you know, just be on the lookout because Jefferson's going to eat. He he doesn't get shut out of games. The question is, how, how can Jair Alexander minimize that? I think he has the talent to do so. Obviously. Yeah. And do you think Jair is going to be following Jefferson all over the field? I don't. I think that the Packers are going to play their ball. I think he's going to line up with them sometimes, but I wouldn't be surprised if Razul gets some looks at him, as does Eric Stokes. Uh, I think the Packers are going to kind of throw a lot of different looks at the Vikings and try to make the Vikings um, bend around what the Packers defense is doing and not vice versa with the Packers trying to change what they want to do, you know, game plan to game plan. Yeah, and certainly there's 
a lot of familiarity scheme wise. Oh, uh, yeah. Both te- both teams offensively want to do uh, not identical things, but a lot of similar things. So I don't think they're going to necessarily fool anyone. So it's just you know it's going to be interesting to see what wrinkles uh, both coaching staff want to throw out there. And there's no tape on what the Vikings want to do. So uh, certainly there's a chance there could be some surprises. I think uh, Darnell Savage is a good one to call out. There were times where he was a little bit inconsistent last year. He was taking too many chances. This is not an opponent that you necessarily – it's great to get your hands on the ball and turn it over, but – you you got to be very disciplined against a team like the Vikings and some of the chances that you're taking if you're Darnell Savage and really understand that a tipped ball for a pass deflection incomplete might be the best outcome in some situations and just go for the safe play instead of the home run play, uh, depending on the time and place and situation. Yeah, no, I agree. Wags, uh, is it that time? I think it's that time. So, Dane, if we're ready to get into the X factors of the week, um, we definitely do need to uh, talk again about our our sponsor, Leap Spirits, as they are graciously sponsoring our X factors of the week this year. Uh, So, Leap Spirits, uh, get your Leroy Butler commemorative bottle now and uh, definitely stock up. Uh, at that home bar, uh, Leap Spirits, X-Factors of the Week. Dane, I'm going to tee it up for you right off the bat. Packers offense, who leaps out to you as a potential X-Factor this week? You know who leaps out to me, Wags? The young man, second-round pick Christian Watson, right away. I'm throwing him out there. I think, dude, he has um, atypical size. He's a big kid. He's fast. Rodgers loves uh, the physicality. I think he plays with. I think he's going to be solid even in the run game, but I also think he's going to have a couple big catches for the Green Bay Packers in week one. We've seen these wide receivers over the last few years blow up early on in the season. This is Christian Watson's time. He's going to seize an opportunity. He's been flying a little bit under the radar um, with the injury, but I think he comes out screaming against this Minnesota Vikings defense. And by about 6.15 on Sunday evening, people go, oh, I think the Packers maybe have somebody in Christian Watson. We better look out. So Christian Watson is leaping off the screen. He is my Leap Vodka X Factor of week one. I love it. And I'm going to stick in the same position group. Same young man, but a different player. It's going to be Romeo Dobbs. The talk of training camp. I love this young man. Um, I think he's going to get a nice release play action. Um, I'm going to, it's going to throw it out there. Three, three catches for about 70 yards and a long touchdown. Um, second quarter, I think Romeo Dobbs is going to make that long connection, take the top off the defense, and uh, it is going to uh, come up with a big play that is worthy of the X factor of the week. So um, I said it's a big Aaron Jones game. So I think in the box score, he might make the biggest impact. But as far as X factor is concerned, um, I've got to go with the talk of training camp. Uh, Packers fourth round rookie, Romeo Dobbs. I think he comes up with a touchdown right away here in week one. Oh, man. Wags, this is good. I can't believe we're already in midseason form here. Um, You gave me the honors for offense, so I'm going to put it back on you. Who's leaping off uh, the screen for you for the X-Factor on defense for week one? 
Yeah, uh, it's going to be an all-rookie show for me. I'm going with the uh, rookie Quay Walker uh, as my defensive X factor. And and you know what? I, I just a gut feeling. I, I mean, he may not lead the team in tackles this week, uh, but I, I think he's going to get the, his hands on the football. Uh, whether that's a forced fumble, fumble recovery, or maybe even an interception, um, I think Quay Walker is going to right off the bat make his presence felt and give the Packers an opportunity, uh, turn over uh, the Vikings. And uh, he's going to, I think, be all over the field and have plenty of opportunities uh, to make some plays. It's going to be key for him, as you said, wrap up, be fundamentally sound tackling, um, and, and really uh, be able to hold Dalvin Cook in check. Uh, we can't see missed tackles because that's when Dalvin can, boop, he's gone, right? So, uh, you know, I've got got full confidence. And Devondre Campbell got full confidence on all the guys up front. I've got full confidence in Quay Walker, uh, but this is his first opportunity, first action going against an all pro level running back and Delvin Cook. Uh, so I am going to nominate Quay Walker as my defensive Leaf Spirits X Factor of the week this week. Lovely, lovely. And I'm going to stick, actually, I'm not going to stick a linebacker. I'm going to the defensive backfield. Razul Douglas is going to keep this D train rolling. He's going to keep his momentum from last season. Um, he's going to be flying around the field. Wags, they toyed a little bit with him playing safety during training camp as well. Um, I am going to watch Razul Douglas play a little bit more all over the field than I think folks um, expected. And, and I'm going to watch Razul Douglas do what he does, which is break up passes and, and hop on routes. Um, I think that there's going to be some serious hand fighting and some battles with these Minnesota Viking wide receivers downfield. I think they win some. I think we win some. But late in the game, I fully expect Razul Douglas to be a hero of this defense yet again. And he's going to come up with some kind of play for this Packers defense. So Razul Douglas leaps off the screen as my defensive X factor of week one. All right. I love it. All right. So, Dane, it's prediction time. And I'm just going to go right ahead and, and lead us off. I, mm-hmm. I think the Packers are going to be ready. Um, last year, we laid an egg in embarrassing fashion, week one. This is a divisional rival. They're going to remember that, you know, coming out of the gates horribly last year. Uh, thankfully, it didn't have any impact over the course of the season. Uh, but uh, I think the Packers' defense is really going to want to set the tone. Here. And this might be a little bit of a slower start offensively for both teams. Um, they'll settle into a rhythm. Um, I think the Packers is going to be a little bit of back and forth um, going into the second half. Packers established some control late in the third quarter. Uh, Vikings score mid-fourth quarter to keep it a one-score game. Uh, but uh, late Mason Crosby field goal extends it. Out uh, from a three-point game, Vikings are not able to convert in their final drive. Packers take care of business and escape in Minnesota. 24-20 to 20 is my prediction here for the Packers to win here in week one. I will take a win in week one. I love the prediction, Wags. 31-27, Green Bay Packers win is my prediction. Uh, and I think the Packers might get a defensive touchdown out of this thing right off the bat. Um, newfangled defense. Um, is it Razul Douglas hopping a route late in the game? 
I don't know. Um, but it might be somebody defensively. I think the Packers are going to play with a short field because of this defense. Uh, the Vikings are going to have to kick a couple field goals in this league. If you're kicking a lot of field goals, you're probably not winning more often than not. And the Packers defense does enough. The Packers offense is not totally crisp but they work through it. I think they get hot in the second half. The team starts to come together and trend upwards come early fourth quarter. They take care of business again, 31-27. Green Bay Packers win. Um, on the arm, I think a bit of Aaron Rodgers late in the game. All right. Very good. High scoring prediction yes. here from Dan. So um, I think we'll take either outcome. Uh, so hopefully one of us is right. And uh, any any way we can get it, Let's just get that win to start off and put a W in the left-hand column and start off 1-0 for the Packers. Uh, Dane, any last thoughts here before we wrap wrap up here for the evening? Uh, no, Wags, we're going into, what, our third or fourth year doing this podcast. It is an absolute pleasure. We love you all. We are growing all the time. We thank you so much for, for following. We started doing this thing live uh, the day before it drops uh, for most of our listeners on the podcast and more and more folks are engaging with us. So thank you so much. We are going to be at it Thursday nights uh, for preview. We're going to be at it Mondays after Sunday games, and we will be consistent all year long. We love the Green Bay Packers. We love all of you. So thank you so much for always uh, uh, joining us and paying attention to what we talk about here. Yeah. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go! go. Pack, go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will.